0: Welcome to the Leading International School Teams podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Ernest. Each episode is designed for administrators, teachers, and others in the international school world to be able to share stories, experiences, and innovative ideas that are taking place around the world. Additionally, I hope to be able to share some personal stories of success and some struggles that I've faced along the way. From time to time, I hope to have some special guests who will also be able to share their stories My goal for each episode is to create an ongoing discussion about how we, as educators, can create meaningful growth experiences for international school communities. The list for each episode will consist of three parts, the warm-up, the main event, and the cool-down. I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. All right, team. Bring it in. Glad you're here. It's time to do the warm-up. My wife and I enjoy watching Young Sheldon on CBS. For those who do not know the show, it provides insight into the childhood of the Big Bang Theory character Sheldon Cooper. One thing I really enjoy about the show is that modern-day Sheldon narrates the show. Young Sheldon and modern-day Sheldon are a perfect combination for my sense of humor, and the narration serves as a reflection of the Sheldon Cooper journey. I frequently think back on my journey. I think about the steps that led me here, and I often have my own commentary in my head as I reflect. Certain moments on my journey even have their own soundtrack, transitions, plot twist, and perfect commercial break moments. Once again... All in my head, but for me, as real as the day I lived them for the first time. New understandings in life provide me with appreciation and documentation of struggle and growth. These are some of those reflections. So, knock, 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 Chuck Lorry. Knock, 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 Chuck Lorry. Knock, 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 Chuck Lorry. Whenever you're ready, you know where to find me. Hey, it's game time. This is what you came here for. This is the main event. It was never my goal to be a school administrator. Honestly, when this education journey started, I didn't really think I would ever be a teacher. I just wanted to be a basketball coach. But my journey began a long time before I ever stepped onto the court or into a classroom. I was born in Tupelo, Mississippi in 1983, and I guess that puts me in the zennial micro generation. I feel like I can certainly identify with a statement from Business Insider that I've experienced an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. I played outside with my friends, but I also played video games. I grew up with no internet, dial-up internet, ethernet, and now Wi-Fi. I remember having people having bag phones, and I remember playing Snake on my friend's Nokia cell phone. I remember seeing cigarette vending machines in my local Mexican restaurant, and I remember when it became illegal to do so. I've owned a Game Boy, a Nintendo, a Tandy 1000 computer, a Nintendo 64, an Xbox, an Xbox One, and several laptops. And I received my first cell phone when I was 19 years old. And let me tell you, there was nothing smart about it. My dad worked at a manager of the local Walgreens pharmacy, and my mom worked as a bookkeeper at the local blood bank. There are two things that I can say really defined my childhood, church and sports. First, West Jackson Street Baptist Church had a profound influence on my life. Faith is something that is of utmost importance to me, and from an early age, I loved Bible stories. I just love stories, and I loved going to Sunday school. I loved learning. I loved listening to a good sermon, and I think I picked up certain speaking techniques from my experiences at church. Second, I played sports from as early as I could remember. My summers were filled with baseball, and the rest of the year seemed to be filled with soccer. When I wasn't actively participating or practicing organized youth sports, I was running around Wildwood Subdivision with about a dozen other guys. We played kickball in the car's backyard. This is where a roofing nail stuck into the bottom of my foot as I was rounding first, which was a flower bed. We played touch football in the Murphy's front yard and we extended the game to the McKenzie's yard when they weren't home. But you had to be careful when crossing between the two yards because there was a cable from the electrical pole in the middle of the field. We played wiffle ball and sometimes baseball in the Murphy's backyard until my dad got onto us for all the new holes we put in the fence for using it as a backstop. We also played basketball whenever we could. Most games took place at the Murphys because they had the best goal, but occasionally we would go to the Honeycutts house to play on a goal that we could dunk on. I wasn't much of a dunker, but you give me a six-foot rim and I can show you some things. You put a trampoline about five feet in front of the goal and I can really show you some things. It's amazing any of us are even alive. As far as school goals, I, I think I always enjoyed school. I remember a lot about school. Even though I haven't been inside of Rankin Elementary School since the day I left after fourth grade, I'm pretty sure I could take you from classroom to classroom where this journey started. I remember nap time in kindergarten. I remember the playground being closed because a swarm of bees took over the large oak tree beside the exit. I remember the kind nature of my second grade teacher, Miss Dickerson. I remember walking to a t shirt printing press for a field trip when we got to sign our name and it was printed on a neat class shirt. In fourth grade, I remember missing a question on a spelling test. The word was 16. When the teacher, Mr. Williams, stated uh, the word that we were supposed to spell, he said sweet 16 in reference to his son's birthday party. I correctly spelled the word sweet. I did not get it correct. I asked Mr. Williams after class about it, and he said that if I would have studied the words, then I would have known that the word was 16. He was right. I had not studied the words. School was really easy at an early age. I don't think I had good study habits, and I was much more concerned with playing with my neighborhood friends, playing sport, and going to church. Intermediate school at King Intermediate was not much different. School was easy. I didn't study much, but I remember being able to work on some cool projects, especially in social studies. I really enjoyed group projects. I enjoyed being able to do something with my learning instead of just memorizing facts. It was during fifth and sixth grade that I started to be a lot more serious about baseball and soccer. From an early age, I played baseball for the Chesterville Chiefs. In intermediate school, the Chiefs became the Cubs, the Chesterville Cubs. I remember trying out each year for that team. Baseball was my dad's favorite sport. I remember some elements of t-ball and coach pitch. I remember going and playing in various tournaments around Mississippi. I remember getting a triple play at third base in Amory, Mississippi, and I remember getting to go eat at Bill's Hamburgers after the game. I don't think I've ever been to Bill's Hamburger before that date, and I'm sure I haven't been back since, but I do remember eating a hamburger after that amazing play. I was always good at fielding. I could play just about any position on the baseball field. I was pretty confident in my abilities with a glove in my hand. I was not so confident with a bat. I was a terrible hitter. And for some reason, I just couldn't regularly make contact. Coach Kornfuhrer was keen to realize this, and regularly asked me just to bunt instead of taking a swing. I appreciated that approach because I could bunt. About the time that I moved to Tupelo Middle School in seventh grade, baseball was becoming serious. Opposing pitchers started throwing the ball around 70 miles an hour, and then something funny happened. Pitchers started throwing curveballs. Before this time, it was a swing and a miss. Now it was a swing, a guess, and a miss. My batting average went down, way down. And I found myself sitting on the bench more than I played. Something had to change. I remember coming up with a plan. In order to play, I had to get on base. I knew that I wasn't going to hit the ball So my plan was for it to hit me. I think we played 63 games that summer, and I'm pretty sure I got hit 65 times. That was the end of my baseball career. When I wasn't playing competitive baseball, I was playing soccer. Tupelo Football Club became the highlight of my week. Twice-a-week practices and tournaments on the weekends consumed my every thought. Coach E.J. Kroll was the coolest human being who ever lived for a middle school kid. The way that he communicated with me as a player, challenged me to get better every day, and planned for each of those practice sessions was a craft. I learned a lot about coaching from him in my middle school years. Hey team, it's halftime. And I want to say that I am excited that you're taking time to join us on the Leading International School Teams podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on the web at leadinginternationalschoolteams.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into the second half. When I moved to Tupelo High School in ninth grade, I became very fascinated with basketball. I had always played church league basketball. It wasn't very serious, but I can definitely remember lessons that Coach Hallmark taught us. Tupelo High School was coached by Lee Stratton. I loved practices. For me, they were much more interesting than the games. I loved seeing how Coach Stratton would plan for opposing teams. I loved the challenge that he gave each session to the Golden Wave. During games, I loved being on the bench to see him command the team. I loved watching his in-game strategies, and in my head, I would think about what I would do in certain situations. More than any other individual, I believe that Coach Stratton had an impact on my career path. I wanted to coach basketball. The next few years were a journey within itself. My family moved from Tupelo to Olive Branch. I graduated high school and I started college. I'm pretty sure that I declared my major to be psychology at Northwest Mississippi Community College, but I'm also pretty sure that I had no idea why. After departing NWCC, I found myself enrolled at the University of Mississippi, and for the first time, an education major. I don't know really why I made the change. I guess I thought, what can I do? And the most memorable people in my life were all teachers and coaches. And let's just say that I wasn't very focused when I first started and my tenure at Ole Miss didn't last long, one semester. I was working at a church as a youth minister during that same year. And this is really where my career begins. The majority of my students attended a private school called Strider Academy. A couple of my high school boys wanted me to come watch them play football. I agreed to go watch a game. It was very different from the large 5A public school that I attended, but it was nice. I was introduced to the headmaster, Joe B. Bradshaw, and he asked me to come meet him the following week. Sometime the following week, I walked into his office to find him playing solitaire on his computer. And in only a way that Coach Bradshaw could, he convinced me to volunteer my time to work with the special teams in football, especially the kickers, since I had a soccer background. He also made it sound like it was my idea. For the record, I never played football growing up. I watched a lot of football, but I realized quickly playing watching, and coaching are all different things. But there I was, a football coach. Well, kinda. The following school year, Coach Bradshaw had a similar discussion with me about becoming a full-time coach and teacher at the school. I didn't have a degree, but he said it would be okay as long as I was enrolled in college and pursuing a degree. I enrolled at Delta State University. He also allowed me to move into the housing for coaches on campus. And my little brother came to live with me for a year. In the same conversation, he convinced me to coach the varsity girls basketball team. Coach Bradshaw probably could convince Tom Sawyer to whitewash a fence. I immediately agreed, and I immediately went to my local library to check out books on coaching basketball. The season was a little bit of a roller coaster, and I have to admit that my newness to the teaching and coaching position was evident to many people. My first year of coaching was a success, but I was asked not to continue. I was defeated. We made it all the way to the state tournament, and the school chose to let me go. I would lose my job, my house, my everything after one year. What would I do next? My cell phone rang. Caleb, this is Coach Waldrop at Indianola Academy. There could be an entire episode on the impact that Ed Waldrop had on my life. Ed is a seasoned coach who has an old-school mentality and a new-school heart for players. I've never met an individual willing to fight for his team more than Ed. I learned loyalty preparation, perseverance, and the value of hard work during the three years I spent at Indianola Academy. I'm certain that I'll tell you more stories about Ed as episodes unfold. Because of Ed, I received a second chance. Because of Ed, I am in education today. I continued to pursue my degree at Delta State University and I finally graduated May of 2009. I'm grateful for my advisor, Albert Nylander, for never giving up on me and dragging me to the finish line. I had a degree in social science education. During the process, I started to think about what life would be like as a full-time teacher in the classroom. But mostly I thought about where was I going to coach next? The answer to that was Afghanistan. I don't want to gloss over that decision and I don't want to gloss over my three years there. Many more stories about teaching at the International School of Kabul will present themselves in other episodes. From teaching U.S. history, starting a girls' basketball team, building a basketball court, and becoming a security manager, I think I attempted it all during those three years. With that experience, I was sold on international school life. I loved the community, and the rich culture of the school. My second job was more of the same. The International School of Uganda was my first experience with the IB curriculum. It was also my first experience teaching sixth graders. I tried on other hats at ISU, Dean of Students, MYP Services Action Coordinator, Transportation and Security Manager, and Administrative Assistant to the Athletic Director. Over the course of four years, once again, I tried on a little bit of everything and I realized that one thing I truly enjoyed was working at an international school. My current school, the American International School of Dhaka, has been an incredible journey of professional growth. I'm currently in my fourth year. Once again, I've tried on many hats. I've also completed my master's degree in Curriculum and Instruction and Educational Leadership from Southern New Hampshire University. I'm currently serving as the grade 8 social studies instructor, grade 8 team leader, and the middle school curriculum coordinator. One thing I've really enjoyed from AISD is the ability to grow professionally and the challenge to do so. I'm on the doorstep of being a full-time teacher leader. I have an opportunity to continue to grow over the next couple of years, and I appreciate AISD for giving me that opportunity. There's much more in store for me as I move forward, and I look forward to the next challenges along the journey. Hey, team. Great work out there today. Now, what can we take away? What can we learn from this experience? What can we use from this podcast? Let's do the cool down. The table of contents or the bullet points of my journey do not do justice to everyone that has made an impact on me along the way. Anytime you start to name certain people, you'll always forget to mention some. These are some of the people, not previously mentioned, that I feel like I need to thank. Helen Barnett. I don't remember a lot about We Care Daycare other than you were a very caring and compassionate lady. I understand that more and more, every day. Buster and Sylvia Pretty, your love and guidance during my childhood will always be remembered fondly. Jimmy Henry and George Ross, your dedication to see me develop as a young man of faith paid off. You both live by example, and I try to do so every day. Jennifer Robison, you were the first teacher that I can remember that truly cared about me as an individual. Your dedication to my social-emotional learning opened doors for me to achieve academically. It wasn't an easy year for me, and you helped me be my best self. Joyce Helmick, even though I was never enrolled in your English class at Olive Branch High School, I learned a great deal from you. Your leadership and yearbook had a profound impact on me. Your dedication to your students and the openness you had is something I take with me. Thank you for the work that you currently do fighting for Mississippi educators. Chris Giannini and Robert Garrett, you've been the two best friends that I ever could have hoped for. I'm grateful that we first met 20 years ago, and I'm grateful that we're still close today. 9,000 miles may separate us each day, but when we get to meet up, it's like we never were apart. Lastly, my family. Mom, Dad, Whitney, Mason, Clay, Tobias, Mathis, Chris, Brandy, Cody. The international journey is not an easy one. And I thank you for being supportive of my choice to pursue my goals on the other side of the world. Lastly, to my wife, Purity, I love you. And I'll continue to do this journey with you and baby Joe together. With you by my side, we can accomplish anything. To you and everyone listening, keep leading. Thanks for listening to Leading International School Teams podcast. Remember to like, share, and follow the list on Twitter and Facebook. Share the podcast with your friends. If you would like to reach out or comment or give feedback on the show, email me at michaelcalebernest at gmail.com. Until next time, keep leading.